Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce, where we review and discuss your and our favorite comedy films. This is the world's first and only combination trivia host and professional wrestling announcer of Chilean descent that currently resides in Southern California, Ozzy V. And with me as always on this program, first in the Northern California Bay Area, world's famous juggler, Greg Larson. How you doing, Greg? I'm fan fantastic i love that right now your name bar makes it look like it says ozzy v floyd and... <laughs> i didn't even notice that I, that sounds like ozzy a v floyd it sounds like a southern wrestling gimmick yeah <laughs> yeah if only that's like way nothing. further south america ozzy v floyd yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm doing well very excited to talk about this movie and review and discuss it wag the dog looking been looking forward to doing this for a very long time. Also with us, ladies and gentlemen, Flesh Wound producer Todd. How you doing, Todd? Good evening. Good. See? There you go. You said at the beginning of the program, good evening. Good night. Yeah, probably going to say good night. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week we do have the pleasure of reviewing and discussing the film Wag the Dog, which was released on December 25th, 1997. Todd, if you have a trailer available, could you please roll it? There's a crisis in the White House. What's the crisis? And the president's top advisors have been called together. Oh, jeez. The sexual misconduct occurred inside the Oval Office. With the election only days away, how much will this scandal affect the outcome? The president spent the weekend pressing the flash. He wasn't campaigning. He was dating, actually. Now, Washington's top spin doctor. We can distract the press for 11 days till the election. I think we got a chance. Has an idea. We can't afford a war. Gonna have the appearance of a war, but he can't pull it off without Hollywood's top producer. Uh, do I know you? We have some mutual friends in Washington. Why come to me? We want you to produce. You want me to produce your war? Not a war. It's a pageant. We need a theme, a song, <laughs> some visuals. We need, you know, it's a pageant. New Line Cinema presents. How close are you to this? What do you want the kid to say? All the spectacle. <laughs> I know we're all concerned for the president. I know we're all concerned for the president. I know uh, that we are all concerned for the president. He didn't, he didn't sell the line. <laughs> all the drama. <laughs> the president's going to go to war with Albania in about 30 minutes. Albania's hard to ride. These are chips. We need it for the armed position on the screen. It'll be a kit, and we'll punch it in later, right? And all the effects of real war. OK, put the, the village behind her. Give me some sound of screaming. Without the casualties. America has seldom witnessed a more poignant picture. They the same process with the last Schwarzenegger movie. You're the man. Albania, Albania. <laughs> that rhymes? I can't believe it. We forgot a hero. It was like we sent him the Christmas card and we left out the what do you call? Fruitcake. There you go. Sergeant Schumann, if I may, welcome to history. How are you? <laughs> Anybody want to do party. <laughs> when it's cooking, it's cooking. From Academy Award winning director Barry Levinson. When this goes national, I get to put it on my resume? Actually, no. What, what could they do to me? Take them home to your house and kill you. Academy Award winner <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. This is politics at its finest. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. How would you like an ambassadorship? That's my pay off. Hell, I just do it for a story to tell. Oh, no, you couldn't tell anybody. Listen, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, you couldn't tell no, no, no. It's just a, it's a, it's, it's a pageant. It's a pageant. That's what it is. Wag the dog. When the fit hits the shan, somebody's going to have to stay after school.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the trailer for Wag the Dog. Again, released on December 25th, 1997. Rated R with a runtime of 97 minutes. Directed by Barry Levinson with the screenplay by Larry Bainhart and Hilary Hankin, starring Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, and Anne Heche. This has, though, a myriad of people in it. You have Dennis Leary, Andrea Martin, Woody Harrelson, as was featured in the trailer, and even Craig T. Nelson as the opposing uh, senator that's running against the president, which also, which is really, I found fascinating about the movie, is you never saw the president's face once throughout the entire movie. You saw his opponent's face. You didn't see the president's face at all. Um, but initial thoughts on this. It was my brother that had seen this in the theater. And then once it was out available, like for us to rent, that was one that he really wanted us to see. And he was pointing all these things out to us because there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this movie, aside from just the general humor that you see in front of you. But plenty of things you could really pick up on if you're really paying attention. I find that I found that so cool, uh, especially I'll get into momentarily when it comes to the score. But just the initial thoughts right off the bat, Greg. Um. Yeah, this this movie I hadn't heard of. Um, a lot of great people in it, so I was I was excited. Um, but uh, it the the story at times, like I felt, was I think there's certain times when when you're in a moment in life in which a movie kind of hits too close to home. <laughs> at times, you feel like oh that. You know, it it takes a little of the the energy out of it, and that was that was kind of my my first impression when I first started this. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, will I be able to enjoy this, or will I be depressed after watching it? You know, um, but yeah, I was I was really excited to go through it. Todd, yeah, I, I'm with Greg. It, it kind of loses its comedy element. <laughs> it's a little too close to home now see here's the interesting thing about it is like yeah it's a little bit close to home and you tell somebody this was released in the 90s and you tell somebody the premise they automatically think of bill clinton right because of the Lewinsky scandal it says in the trailer something that happened in the white house however here's the thing that is extremely interesting about this movie it was released on december 25th 1997 the date that the news broke about the Lewinsky scandal happened on january 18th 1998 yeah so (laughs) I was I was watching this and my girlfriend was in the room and she said, wait, this came out before the Clinton scandal. And I was like, yeah, she said, somebody must have had to have known something. And then, you know, they wrote him. I was like, well, I mean, probably. I mean, there might have been some stuff that happened and they somebody just had these idea. What if this was a movie? And he'd already gotten busted before, too. Not to Jennifer Flowers. Yeah, I but know, not- but the the fact the president having an affair in the White House at that point wasn't far, you know, far fetched considering he'd already done it. And true, it, true. I'm however, sure it's but not people, the first president that I mean, just that's, he was getting that's caught, the thing. You know, that that's the thing. You look and at I was, Monroe and John F. Kennedy. Yeah. I wasn't even referring to that. I was just referring to the government manipulation. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sure. Exactly. And I think that's the a, part I was talking about. So when when you guys talk about, I guess when it gets to those moments, and you guys are like, that's when it kind of loses the humor for us. For somebody like me, that actually made it even more humorous and hitting so close to home. It's like, yeah, this is how easy it is to do. It's hilarious. It's yeah. so funny that it's so easy to do, right? Now, and and uh, there are extremes that the movie takes. Extremes to when you think 
situations might not be as funny, they actually make them funny. Like there's one line, somebody saying that line by itself would get no laughs anywhere. However, because of the situation that occurred on the plane when describing a passenger that just went on the plane with one person's reaction to the things that that person's done made it humorous. And the situation, it was the more the situation, again, kind of similar to Dream Team that we reviewed last week where you had situations that were humorous, but this also had some one-liners. I could not personally, I personally could not get enough of De Niro and Hoffman going back and forth with each other and trying to figure this out. But one thing that I had mentioned about the score earlier, I guess that made me appreciate it as a movie, just in general, is it happens around the middle of the trailer. There's a score that's with an acoustic guitar that's somewhat paced, but is still relaxed, right? And if you watch the movie, because this is, this is the first time I've watched the movie when really trying to analyze it, right? Seeing if I could find anything that could really like point something out before every other time I've just watched it just to watch it be entertained. But there's a particular theme that is played around the scenes of Robert De Niro scenes. He plays a Conrad, I apologize here, Conrad Brian and goes by Connie. But whenever he's on screen or he's doing something, he's thinking of something, the way he presents himself and the way he solves problems that are being presented to him, you say this, you say this. I didn't say that. Why are you? This is how rumors get started. You know, like he's just cool, calm, collected throughout so much of the movie. And that song, that theme matches, right? And then when stuff starts to get really to the extreme, you notice that theme isn't played anymore. And I thought that was really telling, right? And especially in the final scene of the film, the climax, that it was completely silent. You had no song in there whatsoever. And I thought that was a good way, or it almost felt like the director setting you having you like kind of get a better understanding of, of this kind of character that was Conrad Breen, uh, spin doctors, p- people that I'm sure exist, right? And watching him operate was just fascinating. It was com- almost like kind of like, you know, wanting the anti-hero to succeed because you didn't want to see him. So you wanted to see them pull this off. But at the same time, you're like, well, wait, if they pull that off, how easy is it for them to do in real life? Mm-hmm. And I understand that's where you're like, well, that's where it can kill it. But at the same time, I'm not nah, just it just made it funnier. Like there's yeah. one particular line towards the towards the end. Um, I, I don't think this will be one of your guys's favorite lines. But one of the things that caught my caught my ear, especially since it was said in a tense moment, he's like, you can't do this. Don't tell me what I can't do. And that tense, dramatic silence. They told me I couldn't remake Moby Dick from the point of view of the whale with $150 million. I proved them wrong. <laughs> Moby Dick from the point of view of the whale. I mean, come on, that's a line. You know, I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna guess it was on purpose. But like, I mean, Hoffman's totally going um, um, Robert Evans with his his choices. Sure. But I think that also adds to the humor of it. Oh, no, I'm, I, I like that. that. I mean, that makes sense. It's a combination of Evans. making fun of politics and making fun of Hollywood at the same time. Yeah. In, in terms of how they, I mean, and let's not forget Andrea Martin's character, who, she, I mean, she doesn't have very many scenes, but in the lines that she does have, um, you know, she calls herself, she's not a miracle worker and I can't remember specifically. She's like, I need to find, I'm looking for Latin mottos, Latin mottos. What can I, and you know, she's going through all these things. And it's just really entertaining to see all these individuals. And and then these pull this off. 
And then these two guys, Hoffman and De Niro, finally got to have a comedy hit a few years in the future after this. Meet the Fockers. Holy Toledo. That didn't even <laughs> register. I, I think it's because I never saw Meet the Fuckers. I think I only saw Meet the Parents. But anyhow, that is a good point. Uh, but getting into this, these favorite moments, I had a real tough, tough time. But one that really stuck, stood out was I'm going to leave one as a surprise line because I can tell you guys, and I know this would be surprising coming from me, but the fact that not only did it like make me laugh again because of the context, everything was being explained. But also my girlfriend was just listening along. And when she heard that, she laughed out loud really hard. Um, but again, I'll leave that on the plane. It was seen on the plane when they're describing the reason why Woody Harrelson's character of William <laughs> Schumann has been convicted of a crime. It, it takes it to the extreme and the reactions were appropriate. That for some reason made it funny. But I'll leave that as a surprise one for anybody that still wants to check it out. I still highly recommend it. But one thing I can say was there was a TV that was thrown to the ground. And they ask, what did the TV ever do to you? <laughs> they ruined the political process, <laughs> which I think is the perfect line that encapsulates why this movie is being made. It's right. how, how right. easy thing the, the tail can wag the dog, right? That That's yeah. the whole point of the movie. And that line perfectly encapsulates why we're here so at least any favorite moments from you guys greg yeah uh there's a few that that really got me and and i'm actually gonna say a favorite moment and a least favorite moment because i think it's notable for I'm, i'll start with the least favorite the line that they said so many times that got annoying at a point was don't change a horse midstream <laughs> and because it was said so often, it annoyed me, but also because at first I didn't know what they meant meant by it. I was like, I know it's got some, it's not what I think, because it's not like you're going to change a horse like while you're in the middle of peeing, you know, so yes. that's definitely not the case. But then I right. was like, oh, you know, when you're mid stream, right. like water, you don't change. Yeah. Okay. All right. But which I guess is a civil war. I looked it up later. I was like, oh, it's a civil war thing. So back in the day. Right. Right. That. Yeah. But, um, let me just ask you this. Yeah. Do you think perhaps the reason it was repeated so much is because so that way, once you got to the climax and your anti-hero team is being split up between these two characters of Stanley and Conrad, that there's something that you side more with Stanley than you do Conrad. What's also interesting is at the towards the beginning of the movie, you have uh, Stanley, Dustin Hoffman's character, the producer, always talking about they all they give you at the Oscars that you just get the, the credit. You just get the credit there. You don't get any, any prestige or anything like that. You just get that credit, the producer credit. That's all. And it's almost like he's looking at that upset at that yet yeah. at the end, that is all he wants. He's offered everything else, but that is what he wants is the credit. And I just thought that that was fascinating in it, uh, it from just from a, from movies perspective, but mm -hmm. for that line, for that commercial to be repeated as much as it was, yeah, it, it's a, I, in my mind, it was supposed to get you really annoyed with the people who made that commercial. Mm -hmm. So that way, Stanley's mini monologue at the end, you are 100% behind him. So that way, when Conrad has to do what he has to do, you're just, that's when you're just like, oh, man. Mm. One turned into the villain and the other died a hero. So, yeah. 
That's fair. But I know, Todd, uh, why you're looking at me like that. I understand I just spoiled something, but the movie's over 20 years old, so give me a break. Well, that was like the one specific thing I was not going to say because that was my favorite <laughs> bit. <laughs> well, you can get into that still. But uh, yeah, the, the favorite line for me was definitely uh, you had and Haitian's character throwing the TV down. What did the TV ever do to you? It ruined the political process. That's exactly why this movie's being made, which was fantastic. And then to your point, like the 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 commercial thing ruined the political process. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm sorry. So, how about a favorite moment? Favorite moment would uh, have been uh, when they're arguing, when they're talking about using Albania, and then it, it gets to a point where they're <laughs> like, well. What have they done to us? And it's like, no, more like, what have they done for us? What do you even know about them? Like, nothing. See, they keep to themselves, shifty, untrustable. Like, <laughs> just that spin. Oh, it's, it's, that actually did make me chuckle quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the spin stuff was pretty great. The spin, the, the spinning was, I mean, the scene between De Niro and, and William H. Macy as the CIA uh, agent. Such a great just pile of bull crap that I just couldn't help but enjoy to watch. I had to watch it twice. Just like, oh, let me see him sling this crap. Like, this is fantastic, right? But go ahead, Todd. Um, go ahead. What with your favorite moment? Oh well, you just, it was a weird segue. Sorry, I, um, I apologize. But well, yeah. I did. I'm not. I'm still going to leave the other one off the table because that did make me laugh the most. But there's just the the line, and it was actually in the trailer with uh, De Niro and Kristen Dunst when she was, you know, like, "Well, what can they do to me?" And <laughs> it's, well, they can come to your house and kill you. I don't. That I just. <laughs> he says mad. it with the smile too. Yeah, that's just like yeah, they'll yeah. just come and kill you. Yeah, yeah, they will. Deliver, <laughs> and you believe them too. <laughs> and I guess I guess that's one of the reasons why I like this so much is because the performances felt just so real, you know. And I, I think the thing that hurts this one for me is I don't like humorous De Niro, and really? this is before he went full humorous, like, and so it's still kind of like his performance is like, like watching this then it wouldn't have bothered me, but watching it now I just. Like I don't want to see fucking dirty grandpa. God, no, it's okay. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't get a a, a dirty grandpa kind of. Oh well, no, it's not as me. bad. But like, I, I am that like. It always. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just over that. So I understand. It will just, affect my rating a little. I I understand that, but his his delivery of, like, how to sling the crap or how to spin was just so masterful. I could just watch that all day. Like, just completely twisting things around, and I just couldn't get enough of that, personally. And I'm one who enjoys political humor, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, because, Todd, I've never known you as somebody who enjoys political humor that much. It, It depends what it is. Like, this is no Veep. Okay, yes. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. And this is, this is, see, I consider this more satirical than a comedy. It's not really like, it's it's a little different to me. So it's not something I'm going to throw on to just like laugh. Like I want to watch something funny. I'm going to watch Wag the Dog. See, that's not something I'd ever see. And that's, that's the funny thing is I, I would. And that, that's, that's, that's just, you know, our own personal preferences. 
I, I would throw this on if I wanted, you know, something that I could laugh at, but it's not something that I could have on in the background. That's something that it's yeah, almost like that. an Aaron Sorkin kind of gimmick where you need to pay attention mm -hmm. to dialogue to really mm -hmm. get the full fledged everything. And in that context, maybe it can seem kind of heavy, but for me, it, it, it works. Like I, I practically everything about this movie I love. So it's, I mean, I see where you are, but this is just my own personal opinion. Having said that, it's a five for me. Just because, I mean, I there is a director's commentary with this film with Barry Levinson and Dustin Hoffman. And I literally can't wait to watch that commentary. I'm tempted to purchase the DVD just to get the commentary of War Blu-ray, of course, as the only version available to me at this time was the digital, which unfortunately doesn't have the commentary on there. However... There Five no from me. There is no Blu-ray, only DVD. Oh, what do we see? They don't want you to watch this movie. <laughs> Think about it. It's not available to stream anywhere as October twenty-second. Only can rent or purchase. Think or do they want you to? And that's why they make it seem like they don't want you to. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes, it made sense to me. There you go. Todd's with me. You want what you can't have. That's right. You make a conspiracy about it that it's not available, and then it'll drive more people to watch it. Well, regardless, I don't care. More people need to watch this just for the sheer <laughs> entertainment true. of it. That's just true. because of the amount of freaking callbacks in the movie. If you pay attention, you are rewarded. And that's one of the things I, I appreciate in the movie is, oh, uh, they're, they're calling back to that, and I was paying attention to that. Yeah, go me. I don't know. You, you get the full, you kind of get a different kind of experience when when the director is catering things to that extent. You know, talking about things an hour after the fact you initially talked about them. Setting things up so people can be like, oh, I appreciate that. You guys can understand, yeah? 100%. 100%. Mary mm. Kevin Smith. So, Greg, how yes. about your rating here? All right, I have to admit something. I yeah. have to give this an award. It's a well, a, a, a it's different category of scoring. This is going to get a Jameson four because, as I mentioned last week, Spider Man's been out, okay. and I have a feeling this movie would have been higher than a four if it weren't for that darn Spider-Man because <laughs> I was playing it when I first started it and I was like, crap, I got to put this down because I have to really focus on this movie. This isn't a movie I can like... It's not a background watch. movie. Yeah, exactly. So I was a little It grumpy. ain't necessary roughness. Yeah, and so I was like, maybe I didn't go into it with the best of moods, you know, because of that. Um, so I do think if I rewatch this movie... I would probably enjoy it more because it definitely is one of those that, um, you know, takes takes a lot of focus and is a lot deeper than than a very, you know, slapsticky, farcical comedy. Um, so, yeah, it's getting the Jameson four from me. OK, got it. Thank you for your candor. Todd, I think I'm going to get yelled at, but I'm a three and a half. I bet you are. <laughs> so and I hmm. which is a positive review. It it's is. not a bit. I know. I, I know. It is. I think it could be better, but it it's fine. Well, it's I fine. like. I I kind of like was laying the groundwork so you knew it was coming. I mean, I understand. 
But you, like you said yourself, you weren't a fan of humorous De Niro, or you're not a fan. Yeah, of I was waiting for him to De ask who's so. going to milk him. It was annoying. <laughs> what do you do? You prefer Tibia or Ulna De Niro? Is that, you don't like humorous? Sorry. Oh God! Give <laughs> me a break. Yes. Oh, that was terrible. Good lord. Okay, well, that's a three and a half from Tata. Jameson four from Greg and a five from me. Like I mentioned earlier, as of October 22nd, this is not available to stream for free on any platform. However, can be purchased or rented, which I'd highly recommend if you are a fan of the what would be a humorous uh if you're a fan of Meet the Fockers, there you go. And you had Dustin Hoffman, a humorous Robert De Niro, or I should I say, let me say, let me let me just say, comedic Robert De Niro. So I to avoid any terrible. I don't jokes. think those audiences are like really like the Meet the Fockers crowd are not the walk. I'm the, you're not listening to the words I'm saying. I'm not saying if you loved Meet the Fockers, go see it. But if you loved comedic Dennis or uh, Dustin Hoffman and a comedic Robert De Niro, go back and forth. This is one that where they have some um, they had a blast doing this, especially with the amount of cameos in the like you have Dennis Leary and Andrea Martin and Dustin Hoffman, like all they're doing their thing. Like it was just hilarious. Uh, So, okay, so you got a five from me, Jameson, four from Greg and a three and a half from Todd. Anything else about this film you'd like to say before we get out? I thought that Jameson four was going to be liquor related. I'll just say it. Well, that's fair. James Jonah Jameson. The, I understand. Okay, all right. Wasn't sure. You know, just in case. Uh, yeah, it's it's Spider Man. I get it. Come okay. on. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, just clarifying. There might be somebody listening to this that has no idea who Jameson is and how they relate to Spider Man. Greg, you are. But if the they're watching a Wag the Dog video <laughs> and they don't know who Spider Man is, it's going to be a little interesting. Actually, I think that'd be there. You you'd have a lot of people that would watch this movie and really enjoy it and have no idea any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I could see that happening. Well, technically, isn't Spider-Man not in the Marvel? Don't, 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 don't. Let's not do this right now. He's in the Sony-verse. Oh, yeah. Let's let's not get into that right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. If you are in the Orange County area this week, I will be hosting trivia this week and every week. Beginning Mondays at 6.30 at the Rushmore Grill in Lake Forest. Tuesdays at the Brewery in Placentia beginning at 7 o'clock. Wednesdays in Los Alamitos at Griffin's Grill beginning at 7.30. And at Anaheim at the Honeypot Meadery. Also beginning at 7.30 as well. With Every song you hear has to be the answer. With cash prizes available for anyone who could figure out why I select the final song for the final question. And of course, generic prizes for teams as well. Sorry, Todd, did you have a hand raised? I wasn't sure. Were you like going this? Okay, maybe it was the ghost. I I I was having a drink. Ah, that was probably it. All he right, was stretching well, for his thumbs up. We were, we were this close, this close, making an entire episode without it. And thank you, Greg. All right, oh, it's coming. Any, yeah, okay. You guys have anything else before we head off the evening? Thumbs up, got in. We're good. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. That is world famous juggler Greg Larson and flesh wound producer Todd. I'm Ozzy V, and we'll see you next week right here on a brand new episode of Flesh Wound Farce.